0: Today on this edition of the Heartland Community Church Podcast, lead pastor Eric Parks continues the series, For Anyone and Everyone. We're in the middle of this series, For Anyone and Everyone. You know, last week, Steve talked us through this idea of what is our role in that concept, Anyone and Everyone. How do you and I participate in helping extend the gospel, helping people know about Jesus? and? What kind of environments do we create? What does that look like? Because you and I, make no mistake, Heartland, like we have a role in this. Like You and I have a role to play. So this week, I want to spend a little bit of time honing in on this concept. What does it look like for you and I to be a part of this family? You know, we use the word family oftentimes in churches. Um, But I heard Wanda Sykes say this once. I think it's really, really great. When you talk about family, she said that her family is really funny, but none of them do stand up. The truth is, like, when we use the word family and we think about family, families have all kinds of dynamics. And in a family our size, all kinds of people from all kinds of places, right? It creates dynamics. But either way, if we're going to be a family, which is what we strive to be, like at Heartland, we want to be a family, it means that we have to learn how to unconditionally love each other. And when families are working well, we aren't just consumers of family. Like our families aren't there just to serve us. We really are there to contribute, to be a part of the family, like to engage in conversation, to help Pick up after dinner. Like, this is what families do. And if you consider Heartland your home and you are part of the family, then the reality is every single one of us, we have a role to play. Every single one of us. Now, there, there's a passage because when we begin to talk about our role, I think so often you start to drill down into, well, what does that mean? Like, what is my role and what am I supposed to do? And, how should our family, what should our family be marked by? When, When people look at us as a family, as a church family, what do people say about us? What's our traits, our characteristics? Well, if you have your Bible, here's what I want you to do. Open it up to Mark chapter 10. There's an interaction that happens between Jesus and two of his disciples that I think will tell us pretty clearly what should be The the merits, the markers of our family, the characteristics, what is it we should be known for as a family? What does that look like in our community here in Rockford? Now, this story is really great because it highlights an interaction between James and John. You've heard Steve say this before, that the disciples, when you see these interactions, remember, these are kids. Sometimes I think we have pictures of the disciples being these wise old guys with beards, um, you know, beards old but the truth is the disciples were just probably teenagers they're just kids and so here's James and John they're on their way to Jerusalem and Jesus is telling about his impending death right he's telling his disciples these these kids that are following him trying to learn his way he tells them about what's about to happen and in the back you can sort of see James and John two of his disciples begin to come up with a plan sort of concoct a way forward for those two. So here's what happens in Mark chapter 10, verse 37. The two of them come to Jesus. Listen to what they say. They say, arrange it. They talk to Jesus. They say, arrange it so that we will be awarded the highest place of honor and glory. One of us on your right, the other on your left. Can, can you do that? Now listen to what Jesus says. Jesus follows up. He says, now, you've observed how godless rulers throw their weight around. He looks at these two that come and say, hey, will you hook us up? He said, you've observed this, you two. And when people get a little power, how quickly it goes to their heads. It's not gonna be that way with you two. You can see him scolding these two. He goes, it's not gonna be that way with you two. And when he's talking to those two, really, he's talking to all of us. He said, whoever wants to be great they must become a servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. This is what the Son of Man has done. He came to serve, not to be served. Jesus wanted to be really clear with this group that claimed to be part of his circle, his family, that when people look on at that group, those disciples, these people who have given their life to Him, the characteristic should be that we serve, that, that we're servants, that followers of Jesus serve. You know, when I think about us as a church, what I've begun to realize is that we want to be people who serve and live beyond ourselves. Like This is what we really want, every single one of us, because I see it so often, and you've had glimpses of it, like these moments when you really stepped out and just lived beyond yourself for a moment. Maybe it, it was an interaction with someone on the street. Maybe it was one of these weekends where we handed out food. But all of us have had these moments like, where you truly like, stepped beyond yourself and served someone else, and you felt like, like this rush that this is the way life was supposed to be, like this is how we're supposed to live. This is the way of Jesus. But here's a challenge for us, that somewhere along the way, too often in churches, even though we've all experienced it as family, we've come up with an idea that maybe what church really should be about is a couple of professional Christians, right? people who get paid, to come and preach, and they do all the work, and I guess our role is to come and we watch. We just watch some professional Christians do some stuff, we applaud it, or maybe send in a note that we didn't really like it, and then we go home. We think a couple thoughts that are Christian thoughts, but that our job truly is just to consume some things, to watch some other Christians, some professional clergy do their work, and that's it. But the truth is like that's not what families do. That's not what families are. That's not what Jesus had in mind. In this place, here's what we believe. We believe that the thrill of ministry is not reserved just for clergy, like guys like me, guys like Steve. That's not true. The thrill of ministry, that's for you, for you to step into, to step out and live beyond yourself. The thrill of ministry, that's for all of us, for our family. Like, you're called to this. You know, it's interesting because I think so often we have an idea about clergy and pastors um I know a bunch of you know I've told this story before but some years ago I had a buddy call up and he was like, "Hey, would you be willing to come play softball? I know you used to play softball and we have a spot on our team." And so, you know, a couple of years ago, I had been talking to Chrissy and telling her how I felt like I didn't know anybody who didn't go to church because all of my friendship circles were sort of built around church, right? So I didn't know anybody who was far from God. And so, um I showed up for a week, played decent. They asked me back. And by uh, about week three, they're like, hey, Parks, why don't you just, why don't you just, you wanna come out and just play with us? Now, nobody knew what I did. So I just showed up. And I can tell you that none of these guys um, probably had been to church in a long time, right? It was pretty evident that most of these guys were just kind of like doing life on their own and church was, and God was as far from their mind as possible. And one afternoon, we were sitting around in a circle and these guys were doing what they did in that circle, which you can imagine. And one of the guys looked over at me and he said, hey, by the way, what is it that you do? And um, I was like, oh, I'm a, I'm a pastor. And you could feel, I don't know if you've ever been in a room where someone said something that like so disrupted the room where you could, like the needle across the record goes It was like everybody was having their own conversation, everybody went They're like, oh. One of the guys goes, oh, so you're a priest? I went, well, no, I'm not a priest. I'm I'm a pastor. We're a clergy. He's like, a clergy? What's clergy? Oh, wait. You get paid to go do pastor stuff. I went. Well, no, yes. He's like, huh? I always wondered about that. I was like, yeah. And no joke, turned around and just to talk to his buddy. So I'm just standing there by myself. You know, it's like, I'm the I'm the pastor. You know, I think sometimes um, we we have this idea that there is an A team. There are these people that are like pastors, they're Christians, they know how to do this, but there's an A team, and then everybody else is a B team, and we don't know how to relate to, like, a pastor, and uh, because clergy, they do the work of the Lord, but me, I don't do the work. I play softball. I hang out on a softball field. I don't know how any of that works, and, you know, the reality is these guys admittedly hadn't been to church for years, but even in our churches, sometimes we have this idea, that there's like this A-team that gets in on God's work, and then there's like a B-team. And the B-team are the people that show up on the weekends, and we sort of sit in the pews, and we, or we stay at home, and we watch online, and, and that's what we're called to do. We just watch some stuff, but that's not true. There an A-team an or a B-team. There isn't some, like, supernatural, super-powered thing in me that you don't have access to. Now, I'm grateful for what I get to do. I'm so grateful that I get to be a pastor and walk along so many of you, but here's here's our reality about this family. All of us get to be a part of this. All of us are on the A-team. Every single one of us on this family, we have been uniquely gifted to do God's work Look at this. Look at what 1 Corinthians 12 says. It says, now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be uninformed. This is the Apostle Paul. He says, I want you to know something about how you're wired. He's talking to you. He says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. Like, yeah, definitely. Some of us, some of you are like, man, I don't want to talk in a camera. I couldn't do what you do. That's Okay but you have a gift that you've been given by God to use. He says this, he goes, there are different kinds of gifts, kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it's the same God at work. Look, if you're a follower of Jesus, we're all clergy. We all get in on this. The Apostle Paul goes on. He he sort of paints this picture. In, In chapter 12, verse 12, he says, just as a body... Though one has many parts, all of its many parts, it forms one body. So it is with Christ. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. This is all of us contributing. Look, you've been given a task, and so have I. You've been uniquely wired so that you can participate in ministry. It's not just for me. There can't be A players, B players in a family. There can't be major contributors and no contributors in a family. Every single one of us, we get to step in and experience the thrill of ministry. In 1 Peter 4.10, it says, each of you have been blessed with one of God's many wonderful gifts to be used in the service of others. So use your gift well, he's talking to you, family. And here's what I know. You have been gifted. But if you sit it out, you have no idea the thrill of ministry or the, in, the potential impact you might have. Oh, yeah. Look, you using your gift is about sort of lighting up someone's spiritual life. You know how Steve talked last week about us stepping out, creating a space? Look, for you, when you step out and you use that unique gift, I'm telling you, that unique gift has impact that you may not understand. Let me tell you a story. Back in 1992, there was um, a youth pastor right in this town who convinced a young guy who led like a plumbing business to step in and use his gifts. Now I can tell you by talking to this young guy, his name was Kevin, that this young guy at the time, I like to say young, he was like 40, he's still young. She convinced him, hey, you know, you should step out and use your gifts. I'm running a small youth group right here in Rockford and, and you know, you have something to contribute. Kevin said, well, yeah, I just run a plumbing distribution company. What, What do I have to give? She goes, no, no, you have a unique gift. So he stepped in. He began to pastor just by hanging out with some young men, young women, some students in a youth group. And soon that youth group over years blossomed and grew. And that young guy that started in 1992, along the way, began to connect and change the life of a bunch of other young people. And one of those young people was my sister named Shara Parks. She randomly showed up to a small group that this plumbing distribution guy was running. Her life got changed. I showed up in 1994, it was Christmas. My sister was a different person. I'm like, what's going on with you? She's like, I need you to come to church. I'm like, I'm not coming to church because you have to come to church. I'd seen such a radical change in her life that I showed up at church. I gave my life to Jesus. Now, 25 years later, 25 years later, I stand here preaching to you because honestly, a plumbing distribution guy years ago, years ago, decided to bring his gifts, whatever he had, and use them. He changed My sister's life, he changed my life. See, when you step out and you use your gifts, you have no idea the ripple effect that it might have. And if you sit it out, not only do you miss out on the thrill of ministry, You miss out on the potential impact your gift might have. And a bunch of you are like, yeah, but I don't know. I can't talk. I can't speak. I'm not going to get up and I don't know the Bible well enough. Listen, the Bible says you've been uniquely gifted. All you have to do is step out. That's it. But listen, if you sit it out, you have no idea the impact you might miss. Now, I have a friend. You have no idea how closely some of this uh, resembles her story. And she actually is right behind the cameras, like right this second. And I was like, hey, Kimmy, would you like come here and share? So she's running the camera. Oh, come here, come here real quick. Just take your mask off. So you stand right here. Okay, so tell me your story because you run a bunch of cameras for us and you do some stuff for us, but you were like, this is all brand new, right?
1: Yeah. Okay, yeah. so tell,
0: tell me what happened.
1: So I've been going to Heartland for about three years, and for years I've been talking about how I need to step up and I need to use my gifts and my knowledge of how to do this um, in a way to help the church, and I put it off, and I put it off, and after talks with my fiancé, I finally messaged Corbin and said, hey, I don't know if you can use the help, but... <laughs> This is what I can do, and I'm willing to help wherever you need me. And it's been a huge blessing, and I've met a lot of people and learned a lot of awesome things. Um, and God has really used it to bless me um, throughout the couple months here helping out.
0: So why did you put it off? Why did why, you? What was it?
1: A lot of things. Um, one, I I didn't. I have some wounds from church before, and I didn't want to get into that mess again. And to, I felt like there's no way they need help. There's no way I can help. Um, and so I, I put it off and I put it off and I put it off. And um, stepping up and helping has been one of the best decisions um, for me and my relationship with not only God, but my relationship with people and getting to know people and community. And that's helped build my faith. And, um, yeah, it's been really great.
0: So, okay, so you get to give, like, one encouragement to somebody who's like, yeah, but I don't know if they could use me or I just fill in the blank because that's always the deal. I'm just a blank. I'm just a photographer. I'm just a plumber. I'm just a... So what's like the one encouragement you go? Here's what I would say to that person based on my experience.
1: God made you that. I'm just a for a reason. Hmm. And if you don't use that, then, you know, what What are you doing? What are you benefiting? God gave us gifts. And even if we don't feel like they're Um, important in the moment. You never know until you step forward. You just, you don't know what, what is needed. And um, maybe it's not the plumbing or the video work. Maybe it's the relationships you build while you're doing that.
0: Yep. Awesome. Thank you. So listen, here's the deal. Cammie, here's what you need to know. She's showed up here for the last few months. She's a lot of the reason why bunches of this video gets done. She probably doesn't know that the impact that she's having because I get Instagram messages and Facebook messages from people whose lives at their home are fundamentally being transformed. And do you tell me that Cammie doesn't get to be a part of that? No, it's because like she stepped up and said, yeah, I'll play my part that something like this moment is happening in your house, Kimmy would say to you what I say to you. Just jump in. I, I don't know what it's going to look like. It, could it be messy? Yeah, it could be. It could be. I mean, this is when we contribute, we step in. It can be a little bit scary. It could be a little bit messy. But listen, just step in. Psalm 34, 8 says, taste and see. Just taste and see. Because this is what families do. We are absolutely committed to being a place that empowers and releases you to the ministry God had had in mind for you. You are uniquely gifted. You are uniquely wired. God has a purpose and a plan for you to help see his kingdom expand in your neighborhood, in your school, in your workplace. He just needs you to be willing to step in. And that's it. Like willingness. Instead of having your hands in your pockets, pull them out and be like this. Like, okay, God. I'll do whatever it is that you want me to do. I'll take what I have and I'll let you have it. Heartland, listen. We, We have to be a place, a family, that all of us bring our unique giftings to help see his kingdom advance. That's you. This isn't the person next to you, that's you. He's made you on purpose, no doubt, and he has made you for something, something that will advance his kingdom. Will you step up and just see what that might be? You're called for ministry. You were made for this. Will you join us in it? Let's pray. God, give us the courage to do just as Cami did, to say, God, this is what I have. Release it, use it for your kingdom, for this family, for your work in this season, for this city. God, give us the courage to extend that gift to this world that is in desperate need of church families who contribute. We're so grateful that you have gifted us. Give us the courage to step toward it in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to part two of For Anyone and Everyone with Eric Parks. You can watch the online version of the message by going to heartland.cc and clicking on the watch page, or go to our YouTube channel at Heartland CC Rockford. You can also watch it on the Heartland CC app. Thanks for listening.